This week, I'm joined by Priscilla Hansen Mahoney, a business coach with Blazing Trails Coaching. We have a great conversation about what she's doing to take the businesses that she works with, specifically in the trades, to the next level. Very interesting conversation, regardless of the type of business that you're in, or if you're not even in business for yourself, I think there's a lot that you can take away from it. So hope you enjoy. This is the Randy Forcier Podcast. Like I always ask, if you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, I would really appreciate it. I want to actually step up my request this week. If you could do me a favor and on YouTube, like the video, comment on the video on Spotify or Apple. If you could rate the podcast five stars, leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. I can see things starting to snowball with the podcast, getting more and more downloads every week. And I think that would really help spread the word. So also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, if you could follow it there too, that would be great. So appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Here's Priscilla. Hey, Priscilla, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here, Randy. Thank you. I'm excited about it. Now, you are a business coach. We're going to jump right into things. Tell me a little bit about your background and what led you to becoming a business coach. Yeah, so your listeners are going to be here for the next three hours, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just on this question. Okay, no, just kidding. But I did, so to kind of start off, I'm not just a business coach, but I also work primarily with the trades and the service industry and how that kind of all developed was I grew up on a rutabaga farm in Falmouth, Idle Knot Farm. A lot of people know it and familiar with it. So I grew up in a family owned business, got our feet dirty and our backs ached and we had a lot of sweat on our brows. And, and my dad always said, no matter what you do, Priscilla, you have to understand business, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think he kind of hoped for one of the kids to latch onto the farm and but he pushed us out and said, you need to go learn about the world, learn about business. So I did get my business degree Mm -hmm. and I ended up working for a large national lawn care company. And that's where I spent most of my career. And I was in management of that company. And that's where I really learned a lot about process and team development, leadership development. And I love learning. I love systems. I'm a Virgo. So I like everything to be organized and, and tidy. So that was kind of my jam. And in 2009, during the recession, we were laid off from the lawn care company and I took it as my cue to start my coaching practice, which I already had a coaching certification. Mm -hmm. And I started out as being a general business coach, but I narrowed my niche down to working primarily the trades contractors service providers and haven't looked back. I love it. Why was that? Did you find it just didn't work as well with the other businesses that you were coaching or there was just something about the trades? Well, I I love the trades because it is my backgrounds, my roots. It's who I really enjoy working with. Mm -hmm. But also I found that as a general practice business coach, I kind of, if I was working in a lot of different industries, I had to familiarize myself with a ton of different industries. And that was a lot of work. And I like efficiency. Some people call me lazy, but I call myself efficient. And so I was like, no, I'm going to stay in one industry. I'm going to stay in the industry that I know the most about. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to run around, learn a whole ton of new industries. And I could get really, really good at the service that I provide. So um, that does not sound lazy to me. What's that? That does not sound lazy to me. It sounds smart. (laughs) Intentional. So. So I like it a lot. So recession in 2008, 2009 forced you to go out and become a business coach to the trades. Yes. And 
have you basically been doing that ever since? Yes, I, I did work for a lawn care company while I was building my business, mm -hmm. which was great. It was a wonderful experience. I kind of got to use that company as, a, as my guinea pig on a few mm -hmm. things with success. And so once I got to a certain point in my business, and I also got that company to a certain point, I gave my 10 month notice at one point and said this year, you know, we were sitting down with the leadership team and my boss asked me, so what are you going to do this year? And I said, I'm going to give you my 10, 10 month notice and I'm going to hire my replacement and train them. And I did. So then I became full-time since 2016 in my awesome. practice. Yeah. So how do you help businesses develop and execute a plan? What does that look like? I mean, on a very basic level, I know that could take another three hours yeah. to go through. <laughs> well, I start with, if somebody reaches out to me, I start with, you know, what are their goals? What's their vision? I need to figure out where they are now. And I need mm -hmm. that to be kind of a very, it's a very truthful discovery of, I just need you to be blunt. If you're not doing great, if you're stressed out, if you're overwhelmed, if you're strapped for cash flow. Just lay it out on the line. Everything that you discuss with me is 100% confidential. I just need to know where you are so I can understand how to get you to where you want to be. And then we talk a lot about vision, you know, and we talk about at, at the end of the day, why did you get into the business? How do you want to leave the business? Do you want it to be a legacy? Do you want it to be something that is handed down to your kids? Or do you want to sell it back to your employees? Or do you want it to be just a liquidatable asset and you and you close the doors one day. Uh, so I kind of want to understand what their plans are so we can map out that route that they need to take to get there. And that's really all business strategy plans are. It's, just, it's, it's figuring out how to get from one place to the next place and having an actionable plan to get you there. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some of the challenges that people face or maybe you face in developing those type of plans? Well, you know, it's the challenges that the business owners have when they come. First of all, they, they never end up having the problem that they think they have. <laughs> so mm -hmm. some of my clients joke with me and they're like, I never had problems until I hired you <laughs> because there's a yeah. lot of unveiling and unraveling. But the, the most common challenges that any business owner has is time, you know, yeah. and that's the number one. Sometimes it's cash flow and other times it's just working with the resources they have. And right now, human resources, people, workforce is, is a very scarce commodity these days. And so how are they dealing with that? And how are they getting through that? Um, so we talk about the challenges that they're having. And then we talk about the opportunities and the plans that we can make to get around those obstacles that they're facing. So I find that there's always a way around, you know, there's always a workaround. It just mm -hmm. might not be the most obvious route to take. Is another one of the things you help out with accountability? Because I didn't hear you say that, but I feel like you know, when someone says, I never had these problems until I hired you. And it's really sounds like you're holding me accountable when before, you know, they weren't problems because I just kind of forgot about them or just didn't deal with them. And now you're making me deal with them. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they definitely get dusted under the rug. So I like to say I am your success insurance. So a lot of times we will in good faith or, or good intentions, will purchase a program or we'll buy a book or we'll you know, watch a YouTube video and we'll think, okay, this is the answer. This is a program I'm going to follow. But, you know, a few weeks, months later, things are gathering dust and we've never actually accomplished the goal that we said we were going to. It's human nature. It happens all the time. 
we're, we're continually putting out the fire in front of us instead of doing the preventative measures to get through through that. Yep. So I'm there to make sure that whatever you set an intention for, I'm going to help you achieve. So it, it's not going to be something that you're going to easily forget and say, oops, I didn't get to that this month. It's, it's in front of you all the time because I hold you there to make sure that you can get there. Which is good. I think that's yeah. one of the main reasons that I would want to hire a business coach or someone to help me with my. my yeah, my I mean, stuff. to this day, I still meet with my accountability partner. We're both coaches, and I meet with her once a month, and that I I contribute my success to to those meetings. Just yep. having somebody hold me accountable to say to Definitely. to do what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Now, how do you deal with that? You said referred to it as resources before, but like human resources and find, helping people find workers is that, I mean, there's only so much you can do on your end of things, but how do those conversations go? It's because I feel like the conversation for me when I'm talking to people is just like, yeah, so hard and everyone just complains about how hard it is to find people, but like, what are the solutions? Is there anything specific or? Yeah, no. It, and there is, I mean, it is hard. I'm not going to say, Oh, it's easy. So, no, it it's a very tough market right now to find qualified, skilled workers. Part of it is you know, there's a there's a lot of different reasons of how we got here, but the fact of the matter is we are here and it is difficult. So there there are some things that you want to do to make sure that you're not burning out your core crew. You know the crew that you have that's that's coming in and they're faithful and they're loyal and they're doing all the things. If you are short-handed or working short-staffed, you're you're easily going to burn them out. So we want to yep. make sure that we're protecting them. We also want to set it up so that you are a choice place to work. You know, you're an employer of choice that people look at your Facebook or social media or your hiring ads and they say, Ooh, I would like to work there. Or that looks like a great place to work. And that is all systems that is really looking at from a fundamental point of view, what is your employee experience like? You know, do your employees like coming to work? Do they enjoy the work they're doing? Do they enjoy the people they're with? Do they enjoy the clients that they work for? So all of those things, if you can do those two things, once you get somebody in and onboarded, and another part of that is the onboarding process, it's a lot easier to retain them and engage them and keep them long-term than, than, than not. You know, no longer do we have the day of, well, if Bob doesn't work out, we can let him go and, you know, hire yeah, Sam yeah. the next day. Those those days are gone. Very good point. Yeah. Retention should be focused on more yeah. because in, in today's age, when people can leave a job and go find something fairly easily, you know, it makes sense to focus on those people, keep them happy. And then yeah. it kind of attracts other better talent. And so it's a, it's a good idea. I like that thought. How do you, how do you measure? success with the businesses that you work with? Is there a so, specific way or? Yes. I mean, so that's, that's the other part of what I bring as a, as your coach or consultant is that I am keeping the measurements in front of you to know that you are making gains where you need to make gains and we can make adjustments where you need to make adjustments. So oftentimes we forget to reflect on where we've been, you know, we're just in the push, we're in the weeds so much that we, we don't take a look up and say, oh yes, we have made gains in this area. So any goals that are set out in the beginning of our, of our agreement together, I measure those results as we go through. And I teach you how to set up systems to, to continue to measure the results after, 
after our agreement comes to an end. Hiring a coach or a consultant is, is one of the highest yield investments you can make. The International Coaching Federation has reports, they've done a whole bunch of research and configured the the numbers through, and they are saying that there's a seven times the initial investment return on coaching. So that's like going into your bank with a hundred dollars and say, I'd like, give me seven more of these, please. So I believe it. Yeah. So, so it's one way of investing in your business. It's not buying equipment or hiring, I guess, a new employee, but it's, it's investing in ways to grow your business in other yeah. ways. So. And that, that is one of the pushbacks I hear often. And, and I, I don't blame people. It, hiring a coach is an investment of not only time, but money. And once you can see the results of that and the value of what you are going to return, what you are going to get for a return in the end, it is well worth the investment for okay. any, for any coach or consultant. So how about, how about training leadership, right? We talked about building teams, hiring people, but is training someone to be a better leader something that you can focus on? Absolutely. It's it's actually the one of the cornerstones of what I provide. A lot of folks who get into the trades, they do it because they are skilled. They have a mad skill that they're so awesome at, whether it's mowing lawns or masonry or stonework, you know, you name it. But they're not necessarily trained in leadership or people development or psychology. I wish I took more psychology classes, right? Yeah. And and when we hire people, we're not we're not training them in people skills. We're training them in how to get the work done because that is yeah. the the most immediate need that we have. So when I come in, I can help them recognize strong leaders. I can help them understand strengths of the leaders that they already have in their organization. We can shore up any weaknesses they may have. Communication is the number one key that we look to improve on and adopting. What is is improving? How do you, you know, I could, I could see somebody like, well, you have to have better communication. And it's like, what do you mean? You know, (laughs) what do you mean by that? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to be a little generalist in the, in the moment, but I work with a lot of male dominated industry, you know, so it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of, and, and, you guys are great, but you, it's not that your, your communication was something that we really strengthened in, in our male counterparts, right? So females are always, you know, accounted for being better communicators than males. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do see it in male dominated industry where the communication gets stiffened. It can be guarded. Also, I find crews that I work with, sometimes they're family owned or they just act like family where they're too nice to each other and they withhold information from each other because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And having that honest point of view and having me in your leadership meeting, we adopt a code, you know, of how we conduct ourselves in a leadership meeting. And one of the, one of the codes that I encourage my teams to adopt is just being radically honest with each other, Mm -hmm. kind, but honest. We're not going to withhold information because we're afraid of someone's feelings getting hurt. And I would not recommend attempting that without third party there to help. So you're there during leadership meetings. What is this like quarterly leadership meetings? Annual? I mean, I guess it's different from every business, but it's different for every business. Yeah. Yeah. But you're there to facilitate these meetings. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if, if you are within an hour drive of South Portland, I'm happy to be on site with your leadership meetings. We can do them on zoom as well, but a lot of folks prefer in person at this moment. And, and I help, I help 
create productive, high quality leadership meetings so that you can tackle your to-do list, make sure that things are getting done, that you're hitting your initiatives, that you're hitting your goals, you're doing it together as a team and eliminate some of that dysfunction. Yeah. So some of my teams meet weekly and I, and I'm there every week. Some of my mm -hmm. teams meet monthly and some graduate quarterly and eventually we just do annual meetings together. Yeah. So it just depends on the frequency of where you want to start. I feel like that would be invaluable for companies just having an effective leadership meeting, just that on its own is probably something that's not focused on by a lot of businesses. You know, you have these meetings where you, these leadership meetings where you just kind of BSing the whole time and nothing's really getting done. And maybe you talk about some of your issues, but you know, you're not honest, like you said, and kind of avoid some of the bigger problems. Yeah. The moment I say to leaders, you know, the owners of companies saying, okay, you are going to start having a weekly leadership meeting and they just blanch, you know, they're like, what that? No, that's too much time. I can't afford that. But they're picturing like a two hour non-productive, you know, session where they're just airing grievances. And these are quick to the point to an agenda. We're discussing any information that's coming up. We're solving issues and we're measuring results and then we're moving forward. So these meetings are not long meetings. Yeah. Well, if you're efficient, they don't need to be long. If exactly. you have that structure and you know what you're doing, you know, you don't have to have a meeting that's two hours just to have a meeting that's two hours. You, know, you can nope. get something done in 20 minutes, then even better for everybody. Precisely. Yep. Do you have any success stories that you share with people, companies that you worked with that you took from X to 2X, 3X or whatever? I can't share exactly who, but, you know, I can share some case studies, but the the thing that we need to remember is success is defined differently by each person. So some of my success stories don't sound successful. Like I helped one business owner liquidate his company, right? So that doesn't sound successful, but he was so burdened by the weight of the company and his health was suffering. His marriage was suffering and we just looked at each other and he and he's like i don't want to stay in business this is not my mm -hmm. joy i don't want to continue to do this so it that became the goal and so once we got through that you know that was a success liquidating definitely the company is. definitely um, is yeah so i guess the, the taking a company from x to 2x is not a good example but that's a great success story because yeah. the person couldn't have done it otherwise and you, yep. you help them tremendously other companies it's about leaving a legacy so i've worked with companies that are in succession planning they're up-leveling new next-gen leadership. I work a lot with family-owned businesses, so they're looking at ways that they can get their kids or next-gen family members ready for leadership and take it over from the parents or the aunts and uncles. So that, trades, that would seem super common. Super yeah, common, super common. And then other times it's about growing the company. They want to grow and scale. They want to open more locations. And so I've had, I've worked with companies that have grown 30, 40% year over year because they have stronger leadership. They're more efficient. They have yeah. less waste. And so they're, they're just doing better year over year and profiting more. So sometimes I had one company that they did not make more revenue year over year, but their profit margins went up 10%. And that was just enough to tip their cash flow so that they were able to, you know, invest in the business more and grow the business that way. So they were doing more with less. Yeah, which so, is great. Which yeah. is definitely a, a victory for them, I would think. Yeah. So now, six, there, what, 
really different for everybody. I totally, totally get that. Is there an ideal size company? Like, are you open to working with two person operations or is it better to work with 20 person operations? What's that ideal situation look like? Yeah, I, so I work with micro companies. It might be just the one person, the founder, the owner, and they may be doing everything themselves. They might be ready to hire, but they don't know what that looks like yet. Or maybe they don't know what the first steps are to do that yet. A lot of times I'm helping them create systems and processes. So when they do onboard an employee, that employee is ready to be onboarded and doesn't waste a lot of time in that process because it's, it's expensive hiring employees these days. But I also work with companies that have 30, 40, 50 employees, and we're doing team leadership meetings. And I'm meeting with the leadership teams. I'm meeting with the frontline employees. I do a lot of workforce development, which there is a grant, by the way, through the state, the Maine Community College Program. It's funded by the Harold Alfond Foundation. Most people can be familiar with that in Maine, yeah. at least. And it's $1,200 per frontline employee with an employer match up through the year 2025. So if you think that, oh, I can't afford workforce development training, you'd be surprised what's available for grants and scholarships right now. So if you, if anyone has questions about that, I'm happy to answer questions, but also contact the Maine Community College Systems and they're wonderful there. They will talk you through that as well. That's great information. There's so many grants like that, that people just never know about. And I, I question whether or not they go fully utilized or not. Well, this one, uh, there are tons of grants, but oftentimes the grants are so complicated or there's so much red tape to qualify. You don't, you, you just kind of ditch the effort, but this grant is very easy to access. It's very easy to qualify for. The funding is available very quickly Yep. So the, the main college, the main community college programs have been phenomenal in executing this grant program. I hope more like this come out because I really do see it making a positive impact. My, my employers are reporting that they're getting more applicants this year than they mm -hmm. did uh, mid-year last year. So I, because I do Because they're offering that training? Because they're offering training and also the main community college programs are offering scholarships. So if, if you are a high school graduate, I believe it's don't, well, don't quote me on this. I'm on a podcast, but look this up to make sure <laughs> it's accurate, but I believe it's between the years of 2020 and 2022. If you're a high school graduate, you can go to a main community college for free. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of programs out there. So another 18 months, hopefully these, these kids are going to be graduating from these college programs and entering the workforce. Now it's the employer's job to make sure that we are providing value and these kids want to work for us, right? And they, they want to stick around and they actually have a career that they would look forward to. So now it's our job to make sure that we're, we're ready for them. Yep. Good stuff. I had shifting gears a little bit, I had a question about your involvement with Toastmasters. I yeah. don't know a ton about this, but tell me a little bit about what Toastmasters International is and how you're involved. Yeah, so there's my trophies in the background. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a little fat farm kid. I never earned any sports trophies, but my God, I can talk yes. and I can get trophies by doing speech contests. Love it. <laughs> so I was originally introduced to Toastmasters through my, my region manager when I worked for a lawn care company suggested that I either go to Dale Carnegie or Toastmasters. So I chose Toastmasters because it sounded less scary. Yep. And 
I initially took it because I wanted to learn how to to present better and mm -hmm. and be able to capture the attention to audiences. And I really love being a teacher. I love teaching and giving workshops. And I understand that the only way that you're going to captivate somebody's attention and not only captivate them, but have them retain the information that you're teaching is to make it interesting and make it memorable. And a little bit of humor goes a long Definitely. way, right? Definitely. And I really wanted to hone that skill. So Toastmasters really helped me get to that level. I've also taken stand-up comedy classes and improv. So cool. All those things have helped me as a presenter and just give me more confidence to myself as well. Toastmasters is also about leadership. So if you're unsure about your leadership skills, it's a great organization for that as well. Do they have different chapters in each state or? Yeah, they, they're all over. They're international. So if you just go to toastmasters.org and type in your address, your province, it'll, it'll pop up where there's some chapters in your area. Yep. Similar to like BNI, I would, I would recommend that you attend multiple ones to, to find the right culture fit for yourself. Some are more professional, some are more community yep. and just check it out. They're, they're a great organization. Very cool. I actually have heard of it. I don't know anyone or didn't know anyone that was part of it currently or in the past until I met you. So very, very cool to yeah. kind of meet someone that's been involved in it. So it might be worth checking out. Absolutely. So winding down a few more questions, what would be the advice you'd give to someone that's considering hiring a business coach? What should they look for when they're selecting a coach? Yeah. So the thing about coaching as an industry is it is an unregulated industry. So not that you have to have a fancy coaching certification, because honestly, that is, that's a piece of paper that you, you know, just like any other certification. If you're looking for a business coach, I would really recommend that you look for that they have a track record of achieving results that you want to achieve. Certifications are great, but again, they're not 100% necessary, but definitely having that track record of success, making sure that they have worked with people in your industry that are similar to the, the challenges that you're having. Do your homework, check references. Don't be afraid to ask for references. I have a list of clients who are more than happy to chat with potential clients of mine um, and let them know the work that I that I did with them and the, and the results they achieved. So I would just really be careful in doing your homework for business coaching because it is unregulated. You could just decide that you're going to be a coach tomorrow and you could have zero experience in the field that you're coaching in. Do your homework is what I would recommend. Where's the best way to find you? Oh my goodness. So I'm at blazingtrailscoaching.com. That's probably the easiest way to find me. All my contact information is on there, all my social media. I can't say I'm the busiest on social media ever, yeah. but I tell you what, if you just click on the contact me and send me an email, I will answer. I love chatting with anybody who has questions about either coaching or Toastmasters or totally. BNI or anything that we've mentioned today. Awesome. Well, listen, Priscilla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. I'll be sure to share all your info and share your name with anyone in the trades that I know that's looking for a business coach. So it's appreciate total it. pleasure, Randy. I thank you so much for having me today.